everyone. Uh, I want to welcome you to the first of four conversations that we're going to be having through the month of January on the conversation topic of rest. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Maddie. I get to be one of the pastors here at Epiphany. And this series, Rest, hi, bud. That's beautiful. Good job. <laughs> this series that we have built on rest is all on the foundational belief that we have that if we are not coming into life on a daily basis with something to give, something extra, something inside of us, that maybe we're expending too much. Maybe we've missed the rhythm of life. Maybe something's off. And so this series is actually for those of us who are feeling tired. It's for those of us who are feeling burdened, if we're feeling hurt, if we're stumbling into 2020 and we're gasping for a break already. This series is so that we can understand that our God is a God of relief and reprieve and refreshment. And so he gives us a very special, a very beautiful kind of rest, a thing that he wants us to have so that we can do life differently, so that we don't need to keep grinding and churning away until just the sweet release of death, so we can actually love the life that we live. But up front with you, by the end of this series, there's a hope that we have and a challenge that we want to put forward to you, and that is to understand the meaning of godly biblical rest. It is not going to be easy because I believe that this kind of conversation is something that can become so instrumental, so influential in who you are and your spiritual journey. I imagine there's going to be a lot of distractions that come your way to keep you out of the way of these conversations. And so I want to just maybe say, if you can, do everything you can to continue to be with us through this conversation because when we talk about rest, there's so much to talk about. And so from beginning to end of this series, all we want to be able to do is put in front of you why it's necessary and why it's good. But we're aware that there are a few things that are going to creep into your mind, some enemies of rest or of good rest that we have to get over, that we have to leap over, these hurdles. The first enemy of rest is the belief that is somehow become entrenched in culture and society that rest is just a shade of laziness. The rest isn't positive, it isn't good, it's a sign of weakness. If you're resting, something's wrong. And so we overcommit and we overcomplicate and we overexhaust and wonder why we're so tired. The other enemy that can creep into your mind as we have these conversations about rest is the type of rest we're talking about. Because when we talk about rest now, what we could be talking about is a little bit of me time. We're talking about self-care. And that is not what God talks about when he speaks of rest. It's not doing what we want to do. It's not an excuse to lay on the couch and binge Netflix. So when every time I say the word rest, every time we talk about rest for the rest of the month, we mean a specific type of rest. We mean Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest, as we talk about it, is this specific, beautiful, unique packaged gift that God said, I want this for you. And so when we come out of this series, the idea is that we will know why he wants it for us, why it is necessary, why we need it, and how to do it. The core text, the thing that we've kind of built this series on is something that we're going to be referencing over and over again through the series. It's found all the way back in the Old Testament in Ezekiel, the prophet of God, and he writes down these words of God specific to what Sabbath is and why it is. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 12. God said, and I gave them my Sabbath days of rest as a sign between them and me. It was to remind them that I am the Lord who had set them apart to be holy. 
See, when God talks about rest, he talks about it being given to a specific day. A specific day that was used to remind people of something. To remind them of what was most crucial. Rest, first and foremost, is given so that we would remember. And although we talk about Sabbath, and if you've ever heard about it in church before, it might seem like a weird thing, a weird, another weird thing that Christians do. But one thing that I don't think we can argue against is the necessity of reminders. Because if you know anyone in the world, or you know yourself, you know that we tend to be, or can be, forgetful people. We're on different scales of forgetfulness, let's be honest. Some of us, <clears throat> we forget uh, things like appointments. We forget that we had chores to do, or we forget the errand we were supposed to run. So as soon as you pull down the double lanes, you have to call your wife and say, what was I supposed to be doing? And then she tells you, because she's great. That's someone else in the room, I'm sure. Um, some of us who don't feel so socially uh, graceful, we forget names and faces. And that's always a good conversation to have with someone who knows your name and face. We, <laughs> we forget birthdays. Well, usually only once. We forget anniversaries. We, we forget promises. We forget commitments. We even forget vows. We are a people that forget things. Even the thing that we said was crucial, was most important, most valuable, we have a tendency to forget. And so it should be no surprise to us whatsoever that we all have the capacity to forget God to straight up forget him on the daily and through all of our lives to forget who he is, what he said, what he's done, and who he says we are. And so that is why God gave us rest. We need rest because we forget. Rest was given as a reminder so that we would not forget what is most important to who we are. We wouldn't forget why we're alive. We wouldn't forget why we breathe because if we do, if we forget these things, there is a very real threat to your physical, your mental, your relational, and your spiritual health. Psalm 127 is this beautiful encapsulating song, a verse of prayer that gives an idea of the type of things that is crucial for us to always remember or to be reminded of. That if we forget them, we should be very much concerned. Psalm 127, starting in verse 1, says, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. In summary, God's got it. And it doesn't really matter who you are walking into this conversation this morning, whether you don't remember a time where you weren't following Jesus or you're here and you can honestly say, that's not something I'm doing with my life. It doesn't matter who you are. We all forget this. Every single one of us forgets this regularly. And when we forget it, when we forget to pick up what God is putting down, that God builds and God sustains and God provides and God cares and God gives rest, when we forget that, we come into the belief that that's our job, that we have to do those things. And we start to take things and we start to shoulder things and we start to carry things we were never supposed to carry. And we begin to spiral, trying to be God without God. We talk about building these lives, these, these families, these marriages of, of balance and of rest, all the while excluding the one that brings balance and rest. 
You may as well try and juggle jello. You may as well try and sweep water uphill. You may as well tell a Viking fan that they're not going to win the Super Bowl. It's useless trying to have a conversation with them. Just as it is useless trying to build this life of rest and balance and beauty and happiness without the one who can provide all those things. It should be no surprise to us as we turn around again and again and all of a sudden realize that our lives are a mess. And where we keep asking the same questions, why am I so wrong? Why are things going awry? Why is it all wrecked? Why, when I had walls that were so strong, are they now all tumbling down? Why is my peace plundered on the daily? Why is it that there seems not to be enough to go around? Why are our families divided and distant and devastated? Why am I so tired? I'll tell you. It is because we spend and we spend and we spend so much of our lives trying to build and to get and to hold on to and to protect. We try so hard to be in control. And it was never our job to be in control. That was never the purpose and the point of life to be in control. It's not wrong to build, it's not wrong to care, it's not wrong to protect but it's wrong when we think we're the ones doing it, that we're the only ones that can do it. At that point, we start to push God to one side, cutting him out, not trusting him, saying instead, I will carry this family. I will carry this company. I will carry this church. And then all of a sudden, we're tired. The heart of our exhaustion, our anxiety, our desperation is when we lose trust, when we forget to trust God. Rest was given to us by God so that we would learn to trust. Rest was given to us so that we would remember that there is someone's job to be in control, but it is not me, it is he. And so rest is a reminder. Rest will always be a reminder. And one of my favorite things about God is when he said, I'm going to give you a reminder, he said, we're going to have to do this weekly. And we're going to have to do it all day long, every single week, because it's going to need to get back into your thick skulls again that we're in this together. And so he gives this idea that rest is so necessary, rest is so important, because without it, every single one of us will forget who the Lord is. And we'll forget who is king. We'll forget who is God. We'll forget where salvation comes from. We'll forget where our greatest friendship lies and where rest actually holds its foundation. Everything you've ever heard about rest, everything you've ever heard about keeping the Sabbath day holy, having a holy day, having a church day, having a family day, whatever you've been calling it in the past, the whole reason for all of that special dayness was this, that God could give it to you. He gave his days of Sabbath rest so that you would know it was a sign, so that you would be consistently reminded of a very special, very unique relationship between you and him, that he's the Lord, we're not. He makes things holy, we don't. It is given to you to remember, to recenter, to recalibrate on a weekly basis, coming back to God and seeing who he is and who he says you are. It was never supposed to be this thing we've turned it into, that that day of rest is somehow a stranglehold on your week, not giving you enough time to get stuff done. 
It was never supposed to be this burden that we feel like we have to hold on to, that we have to find loopholes through, or that we have to try and just check off and get it done. Sabbath was never supposed to be something that we just gave us an excuse to sit and binge. Sabbath was given so that we could remember. It was given because you do have work to do. You do have cares to care about. You do have things to strive for. But if you always sit in them, you will forget who is working behind the scenes. You'll forget that God strives more than you do. And you'll forget very quickly that God cares more about your spouse, more about your kids, more about putting food on the table and clothes on the back. And he cares more about you than you ever will. That is why God gives Sabbath. As a sign to you of who he is. That he is Lord. That he makes us holy. And so here is the very simple, very basic challenge to anyone that wants to follow God the way that God wants them to follow. You need to rest. You need to rest. You need to rest the way that God tells you to rest. And I know even as I say this, there are all sorts of things running through your brain that are intimidating you about the idea of doing that. Why that can't work, won't work. All sorts of things that I don't even know how to do it. And if I can't do it right, I shouldn't do it at all. Sabbath rest, it takes intentionality and it takes diligence. But more than anything else, it takes a level of submission to God like he knows what he's doing. So we don't get lost in all the legalism of it. And instead we start to learn not the right ways and the wrong ways, but we just learn to do it. Because even though Even though God talks about it over and over again and says, do it. Even though God says it's good for you. Even though Jesus reaffirms it and says, do it. Even though churches have talked about it for thousands of years. Even though stats show the majority of us don't. The majority of us don't take a day of Sabbath rest every week. And there's lots of reasons we come up with. Like I call them legitimate reasons we can hold on to. Some of it is maybe, well, Sabbath is it's for those people. Like it's for priests and pastors and monks and missionaries. They do Sabbath. We're good. Or it's, Sabbath's a nice idea, don't get me wrong, but there are so many other good things that need my attention and focus. Or quite simply, we believe I'm not the kind of person that needs it. I can just keep going. I'm good. And you, you get to hold on to that. That's your choice. That's your God-given prerogative to do that with your life. Most of us do life the way that we've always known how to do it or the way that we were taught. And that's, that's how it stays. But what I'm wondering is, if God actually told you to do it different, would you? If God, in all that he's tried to do to offer you rest and tell you about rest and explain rest and prescribe rest and even expect rest for a healthy relationship with him, would you treat it like he's right? Would you do it? To make it as accessible as possible to get started taking rest seriously, I've broken it down into three things for you to consider to think about taking the challenge of rest this year. The first is to pick a day. And this is just picking a day and finding a day. And for some, it might not even be the same day every week, depending on your circumstances, your work, your kids. But find a day and chisel that sucker into stone like it's actually going to be guarded and protected for Sabbath. If there are things in the way, move them out of the way. 
Pick a day and keep the day. Do this. The challenge is to do this throughout January. I'm not going to say do it for the rest of your life because then you're all going to switch off. Do it, and it should be at least four times. Do it through the month of January, once a week. And remember it. Remember to do it. Remember on those days not to strive and not to connive, not to keep working or not to just keep feeding the anxiety monster. Remember to take a day that's it's not just for you. It's not even just for God. It's for you and God. It's for a day for you to connect with him how he wants to connect with you. And because of that, there's no way for me to tell you how to take your Sabbath day of rest. You just need to take it. All of ours will look different from one another on different days for different hours, and we'll do different things with them. Like, you're not going to do what I do on my day of Sabbath. What I do is I wake up, and I have a cup of tea, and then the whole family, we recite God Save the Queen, like for an hour. I mean, you you probably don't want to do that. It's your choice. We don't do that, but it'd be cool if we did. The key is, how are you reminded of God, of his promises, of his goodness, of his parental love? Maybe on your rest day, you legitimately need to rest and take a nap. You might need to sleep more because you're tired from work and ministry. Maybe on your Sabbath day, if you connect with God through music, maybe you pipe some worship music through the house. Maybe you have godly conversations with godly people. Maybe you open up the Bible. Maybe you practice hospitality. Maybe as as a couple or as a family or as a person, you go and do something life-giving like serving someone else. Or going out and being active and getting outside. Whatever it takes to get you out of the grind. Whatever it takes to help remind you who God is and what matters. That's what Sunday worship services were built around. That's why the church did that. To make sure there was a day carved out for people to do that. So maybe you want to build your Sabbath around that. Worshiping with your church family. Having the word open. Praying with people. Maybe you want to take, like Pete said, the 21 days of prayer to help you start in a rhythm and a momentum that is going to work for you. But whatever it is, this is what it needs to be. It needs to be a day unlike the rest. A day that reminds you more of who God is. A day that helps you remember who he's told you you are. This is no fancy New Year's resolution. And this is not just something for some people. And it's not supposed to be an overbearing commandment. It's a gift to you, a gift for you to receive and to experience, and that is why I challenge you to take it. As we wrap up our conversation here, we're going to have the music team coming up. They're going to lead us in a song of, of worshipful music for music response. And as they do that, as always, our prayer team is going to be down front, and they're here to pray with and for anyone who desires it and needs it. When we're all done with our experience, we're going to leave here. You're going to walk out, you're going to drive out, you're going to go home, you're going to do whatever you're going to do. And my challenge is not to let the conversation die today until you've picked a day this week. Until you've picked a day in the next seven days in which we are going to do this. We're going to do what God says. Because the reason he gave you Sabbath was to show you there's a ton of stuff you don't need. You don't need another house project. You don't need overtime. You don't need to get the kids to another activity. You just don't. You need God. You need to be reminded that he's Lord and King. You need to experience his rest. Let me pray for you guys. Father God, we thank you that you give us so much 
And God, I ask that you would help us see rest and Sabbath for what it is, a good gift. Not a chore, not a trial, not a burden, but a good gift. Help us to see the reason and the purpose for it. Help us to connect our exhaustion, our anxiety, and our fear to maybe the fact that we don't rest. God, help us to be radically changed for our desires to be what you desire for us and for the years and decades where we've just done things how we've done them, that we'd be willing to talk about changing, to honor you, to glorify you with our lives, that we would be more submissive, more rested, better representatives. God, we need you to change us so that we can do this, so we can experience this, so we can enjoy this. We ask you to do this in Jesus' name and for our good. Amen.